Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Save the King. Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the King. I'm your host Anne Gripper and it is lovely to have you with us again. I sound a bit gravelly this week. I think I've got the hay fever. The pollen is here in London. But also here with me is Jennifer Newton, Royal Features Writer for The Mirror Online. So lovely to have you with us again, Jen. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Loads and loads and loads to talk about this week. Um, Prince Harry is involved in two court cases this week, one on either side of the Atlantic, but we're going to leave that to others to talk about for now, with or without Prince Harry lookalikes. Um, and we have plenty of other things to talk about. There's a baby, an incredible royal wedding, and a busy few days of engagements for the Princess of Wales as well. Um, and for anybody who was particularly looking forward to the look at Northern Ireland that I trailed last week, that is very much still in uh, in our plans. And we are going to do it with Julie Beattie, but we're going to come back to it because we have so much to fit in already this week. So, Jen, lovely to have you with us. Where shall we start? Oh, where shall we start? There's so many things we could start with. Maybe... Maybe... Machine- Maybe baby. Baby news, yeah, definitely. Baby news yeah. is always lovely. Um, and Princess Eugenie shared it um, a couple of days ago on her Instagram, as we were used to seeing. And it was really lovely to see. She actually shared a picture of the baby, which not all sort of Instagram types do. She was happy to share. Uh, and understandably, some people have different levels of privacy that they want to keep for their uh, their families, which is absolutely fine and understandable. But she wanted to share the beautiful picture, both of um, their new baby boy, Ernest, and with his big brother, August, and a lovely message. Jack and I wanted to share the news that we had our little boy, Ernest George Ronnie Brooksbank, on 30th of May 2023 at 8.00. 49, so presumably that's 8.49 in the morning, weighing 7.1 pounds. He is named after his great, great, great grandfather, George, his grandpa, George, and my grandpa, Ronald. Augie is loving being a big brother already. And then some blue and red hearts. Very cute. Yeah, it was really cute. Yeah. And the names, yeah, really. I like how Eugenie picks names that have some sort of significance. I mean, obviously any name that she would have picked would have been lovely, but um, real family significance. So the Ernest, I didn't know, but Ernest's great, great, great grandfather, King George V, had Ernest as a middle name. So we think that's where that came from, which is uh, really nice. And then George is a tribute to Jack's um, dad, George Brooksbank, who um, sadly died in 2021. So that's a nice uh, tribute to him. And then the Ronnie was the bit that threw me. I don't know about you. I just thought, where does Ronnie fit into this? But um, Eugenie's mum, Sarah, the Duchess of York, her dad was called Major Ronald Ferguson. So that's where that comes from. Yeah. Lovely family, uh, sort of family tributes, and not anything to do with Ronnie O'Sullivan, the snooker player. But uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, well, Princess Anne, it turns out, is a fan of the snooker. She'd been uh, when she was giving uh, Mike's uh, 
Mark Selby, not Mike Selby, that's a friend of mine. Mark Selby is the snooker player. His um, his BE, I can't remember which letter went before it recently. She said they should be not watching the uh, the snooker at the Crucible. But no, so lovely, lovely family names and very like earnest. It's a very sort of classic old fashioned name. Yeah. And it sort of makes me think so you've got the importance of being earnest. You've got Ernie, you drove the fastest milk cart in the West. Did you used to have that song when you were little? Do you know that one? It's just my dad used to play it for us. I unfortunately haven't heard of that, sorry. I won't (laughs) sing it for you. You can look it up on YouTube. It's a slightly comedy type song. Um, But yeah, it's a lovely lovely name. And I did um, something that I quite like to do with Royal Babies and haven't done for a while is put the names into the sort of, you know, baby name popularity tracker. so, I mean, it's fair to say that Ernest and August are both fairly unusual, uncommon, yeah. um, uncommon first names in the UK. Uh, Ernest is kind of increasing in popularity-ish compared to um, where it was in sort of the 1990s. And I think it's that classic thing of people's grandparents, those, you know, your grandparents' names come back when when the grandchildren have children and want to either you know remember someone who's no longer with them or just have a nice sort of family family moment for someone who is still there to to show they care yeah definitely I think that's what Eugenie's definitely done pick names that have a significance and you know honor family members so yeah really nice and it it was similar as well actually with August so if I was like remember it trying to remember and had a look at so August Philip Hawke Brooksbank so big brother August and so that's named he's got a reference to Prince Albert and also um, Duke of Ed- the late Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip. So yeah. that's also very lovely. So we wish them huge congratulations. I mean, it's mad. I mean, my little baby's now 19 months, 20 months old and trying to remember what she was like when she was that small. This whole world, whole different world away. Um, and obviously exciting time for the whole family to be welcoming little Ernest into the family yeah definitely even just today I was um listening to um Fergie's new podcast and she was saying how she cried when she heard the name which is really sweet obviously the name um reflecting her late dad uh, Ronald Ferguson and just from listening to the podcast as well you can tell just how proud she is to be a grandma the third time now obviously August and Beatrice's um little girl Sienna so yeah that really came across and I'm I'm sure that's just how you know grandmas are like aren't they they're just so proud to have grandchildren and she's definitely one of those yeah you definitely get that vibe off of Fergie that she's really proud of her girls yeah and their children and, and just them in the world I haven't listened to to either of the first two podcasts how how are they what kind of stuff do you talk about generally what's the what's the vibe on the podcast um the vibe's kind of just life and what's happening in the world really um the podcast that I just listened to yeah she was talking about a lot about being a grandma for the third time talking about how she has to abide by granny rules what she is and isn't allowed to share by uh, um Eugenie and Beatrice because I think yeah it's clear to say that she would just tell the world how proud she is get a photo album out at any opportunity <laughs> so yeah it's, it's kind of like that and they reflected on some of the things that are in the news agenda so it's kind of that sort of that sort of vibe interesting and we know podcasts are fun so I hope uh, I hope Fergie's having fun doing hers um and Princess Beatrice she was out last week we saw her at the royal wedding and it turns out she had you know the big secret that yep. little Ernest had already arrived you know whether the, that was the chat at the wedding who knows but it hadn't uh, 
waited until Eugenie was ready to share it to uh, to talk about it. But when I asked you about the royal wedding, yeah. uh, you were just like, it was epic. Yeah, it was. Why was it so, like, tell us about, so it was the the wedding of Prince Hussein and Raja Al Saif of Jordan. So the crown prince of Jordan. Yeah. Um, yeah, massive do. Royals from around the world and amazing outfits. I mean, what's not to like? Well, yeah, exactly. I suppose the way we can kind of compare it is it's the equivalent of when Prince William married Kate, but in Jordan, basically. So that's how big of an event it was there. Um, I found a live stream because it was obviously being streamed live on TV in Jordan. I found a live stream and I kind of thought, well, I'll watch a little bit, see the people arrive, see, you know, what's happening. And I massively got sucked into watching it just because it was just so, so big, so epic. So you had the ceremony part, then you had the reception. And then they also had this really big, I don't know if you saw it, it was like a motorcade. So they traveled from the palace where they got married to the palace where they were having the reception in this, um, I don't even know what car it would be. Land Land Rover. I think it was a Land Rover yeah like an open top Land Rover where they sat and then there was other Land Rovers around them and then they went through the streets of a man in Jordan and just look it it looked amazing actually and I know we always say we the Brits do pomp and pageantry but I think they could give us a bit of a run for their money actually and Prince Philip would probably approve of uh, Land Rovers being used for the uh, yeah Um, yeah I mean absolutely stunning yeah occasion incredible outfits I don't you probably can't be too overdressed for a royal wedding generally anyway you can choose a terrible hat yeah as probably Beatrice usually yeah may admit in uh in retrospect um but actually I guess it was a very different kind of feel because you're in the Middle East rather than in the UK where it might rain and it's probably going to be windy um and also sort of being more I don't know a different style and modesty and and that kind of thing elegance and you know Kate's outfit that she wore for the day that's not a common or garden wedding guest outfit no not you know if you think of the traditional English wedding and what most people would have in a church you wouldn't expect someone to wear that but I think it was the perfect outfit for that sort of occasion in like you say the Middle East with a different sort of ceremony and celebration yeah it was quite you know there was blush pink should we call it or dusky pink yeah evening gown style any yeah. stuff it was just ah, oh, I really really loved it like yeah. the sort of the embellishment at the top and it just looked like it would move beautifully as you're walking around and just you know yeah. quite ethereal and princessy and all of the things that you would want to have for a royal wedding yeah definitely and quite interesting with our dress how you say Ellie Saab it was from the autumn winter 2017 collection so even though we've not seen Kate wear it before, she must have bought it quite a few years ago because it's not available to buy anymore. So Yeah, so it's like, has she been wearing it for yeah, private exactly. events? Or is it just like, I like this, I'll need this one day. Yeah. At some stage, I will find some some time to wear it yeah. and just wait for that perfect. We've I mean, yeah. probably all got outfits like that, let's well, face it. Yeah, yeah. We all buy things and go, we'll wear it one day. Maybe not from the... Maybe Ellie's- not from Ellie Sarb, but <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> Runway collection. But um, yeah, no, yeah. That was amazing. And um, well, I mean, it's unfair to start off talking about the Princess of Wales, really. We should start off by talking about the bride. It was her day. Yeah. And um, she looked absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I really liked the dress. It was Ellie Saab as well, um, gown with an asymmetric 
neckline. So it was quite a simple dress, but I think what really set it off was that gorgeous train that she had at the back. And that I really like the neckline as well. It's like, it's unusual. Yeah. It's really distinctive. Like it's quite statement. It's quite strong. And I think someone spotted that um, Queen Rania, so her now mother-in-law, yeah. had um, had worn a similar neckline also from Elisab a few years ago. So I thought that was a good spot from the fashion watches. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was really nice. Beatrice also looked fabulous. Yeah. Um, anybody else that stood out for you that you spotted or... Yeah, I think Beatrice actually. Um, what I thought at first when I first saw her, the dress that she wore for the um, the the daytime ceremony, I thought at first I was like, why has she done that? Why has she committed this full part of wearing white? But when you looked at it closely, it was actually an icy blue colour, I would describe it as. Um, that was from Needle and Thread. And I don't know if you saw the clutch bag that she had, but it had a slogan on that said, wifey for lifey. Amazing. Yeah, she's worn that, but well, do you wear a bag? Do you bring a bag? I don't know. She uh, at the Queen's Jubilee celebrations last year, but yeah, it's quite a fit in to take that to a wedding, isn't it? <laughs> I have to tell my husband because he got me for our wood anniversary, which was five years. He got me something else as well, but he did get me a wood key ring which says wifey for life. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So she's she's clearly stole that from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Uh, yeah, clearly, there's a lot of wifey for lifey uh, merch available yeah. out there, um, and we got. A massive evening reception as well. Yeah. Two outfits. I mean, again, going back to our, our wedding that you or I might go yeah. to, we don't often have to no. pack two outfits. Is no. you Possibly two pairs of shoes. Yeah, for the, the flats uh, for the dancing, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, another round of outfits later on. I think it's fair to say I did prefer um, the bride's day dress to her evening dress. It wasn't so much my thing, the evening one. Yeah, I thought it was, a, it was quite, I should maybe diplomatically put it, high fashion. Yeah. Which isn't always easily wearable. Um, yeah, so that was Dolce & Gabbana, the second wedding dress. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was a bit more, I don't know, more fussy. Yeah, yeah, I, I get, yeah. It had some bits on it. Yeah. But that's my technical yeah, my te- technical term, <laughs> like embellishments. Yeah. But, uh, not so much my thing. And actually, in fairness, I think I preferred Kate's day dress to her evening one as well. Yeah, she wore, well, she went to a go-to evening Jenny Packham with the sparkling dress and I think it was quite similar to the one she's got one in green that she wore in Pakistan I think I prefer the green colour it had a bit more yeah. impact and I think possibly because she'd worn such an sort of an incredible and I guess quite different in some ways outfit during the daytime yeah that it was it was quite a different look for Kate in some ways like within her look set if you like but yeah. something relatively new to see something that was a bit more I don't know simple discreet I mean uh, sequins always great yeah for a night time yeah for a night time and I I always feel slightly odd as well when she has to put like a sash or a funny little badge on it as well yeah kind of doesn't ruin it but yeah it kind of takes away from I suppose the dress but it does make you stand out in the official photos it does make yeah she did stand out in the official photos yeah and I suppose she didn't want to go too bold or daring because you don't want to upstage the bride either it probably looked good on the dance floor as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I hope Kate and William uh, <laughs> made the most of being away from the kids and um, got down on the dance floor. Um, the other thing as well, we don't need for our weddings here, tiaras. No. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have one if you wanted one, but yeah, not in my price range. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we saw uh, one tiara that we've seen quite a lot of, yep. speaking from the British side of things anyway, and one tiara that we haven't seen for a really long time. Yeah. So Kate wore the Love Is Not Tiara, which is kind of, again, 
her go-to tiara. She's worn that so many times in the past. And then, yeah, Beatrice got to wear a tiara. She was wearing the York tiara. And I didn't know until I read this that it's only the second time she's worn a tiara at an event. Because obviously you don't wear a tiara until you're married. So she wore one on her wedding day. And then she hasn't had an event to go to to wear one because she isn't a working royal like Kate would be and go to all these diplomatic receptions. So yeah, she got to wear the, the York tiara, which was given to her mother by the late Queen and Prince Philip on her wedding day. And um, yeah, she got to wear that. So it was apparently not seen for over 20 years because, again, Fergie doesn't really go to events where she needs a tiara. So was happy to lend it to Beatrice and I thought it looked really great. So yeah, good, um, a good outing for Beatrice. I think probably people were a little bit like, oh, Beatrice is here. Yeah. She wasn't the only surprising guest either. Like, you know, the Middletons were there. Yeah, the- that was a bit of a strange one. I think they could have actually gone on the radar at that event if it wasn't for these, you know, royal sleuths on Twitter who like zoomed in 20 million times onto this picture to see them. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know why they were there. Maybe they're friends with a couple that were getting married. But there is the Jordan connection because obviously Kate and her family did live there for a little while. But yeah. And then there's some series about, you know, are they like holiday mates and going on their exclusive glamorous holidays in Mystique or, you know, I don't know, maybe Kate's had the, had the, uh, had uh, Kate and William have had Princess Sada Raja or, you know, Queen Rania and people round for tea and had the sister over as well. And they've all, they've all got on like a house on fire. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's why. Yeah. yeah. Best, best friends forever. Yeah. Like, to the kids um yeah so oh so it was really nice to see a royal wedding as well because i mean we slightly bemoan the fact we're not gonna have one here for ages no i can't even think when the next royal wedding could be but um i think it was really nice to see that and it was nice to see william and kate there as guests because they don't often do that sort of thing i don't think i've ever can recall them you know going overseas and representing the royal family at that sort of event and maybe that's something we're going to see more of in the future now they're prince and princess of Wales. Excellent. So, yeah, that was lovely. So William, um, they came back and had sort of a busy weekend. William went to the FA Cup final, although he did yeah. go on his own. We were kind of hoping that George might have been getting a day out, but, I mean, he might have, well, and the other kids as well, they might have been like, Daddy, Daddy, can we come as well? It's like, no, no, not for you. Um, and the royals at the Derby, it says Princess Anne and, and family were there. And I totally missed, a couple of weeks ago, the Tyndalls coming back from the Monaco Grand Prix, having been, you know, people, again, sleuths or just keen-eyed people spotting them at the airport and in the economy class. Like this classic picture from, like, airport departures of Mike's just uh, kind of sitting there with his rucksack on and Zara's, like, totally zonked out on the seat next to him and then putting their uh, carry-on bags in the overhead lockers and things. So it's just quite, I don't know, like... I think they have a pretty good, like, go to the Derby, go to the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, they seem to, yeah, they can go all to the, go around to all these places and they don't seem to have the same maybe security issues as someone like William and Kate. I mean, you can't imagine them just getting on an economy flight back from Monaco. Which royal would you like to be sat with in an economy to have a chat with on the way back from uh, Nice or wherever you fly back from if you've been to Monaco? Ooh. Probably not Nice. Um I think Mike and Zara could be quite good passengers. They seem quite good. Uh, could have a quite a nice chat. And, yeah. They probably have some good stories yeah, from good the weekend stories. they've been on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, good, definitely uh, good fun people. So, uh, well, I hope they have had lovely outings. I think, I think it's interesting thinking about the racing generally because racing was such a huge part of the Queen's life and people, you know, went to that partly because of her. 
or the rest of her family went to that party because of her and so cheering on her runners and that kind of thing and I guess it'll be interesting to see how big a part racing plays for the family now that you know now the queen's not there obviously horses are a big part of Anne and Anne and Zara's life that has been their careers um representing the UK on three-day eventing and things but yeah seeing how seeing how that evolves will be interesting um but yeah Kate since she's been back from Jordan she's had a very busy few days it feels like she's on a bit of a blitz on her shaping us campaign at the moment it's been a lot of events going on yeah definitely kind of started on Tuesday I think um, when she was at the Windsor Family Hub so that's a place where parents can go to get practical and emotional support um, you know as new parents and there she joined a stress management session and joked she could use some stress management tips. Wow three children. Yeah. Probably and and you know three children and a husband yeah. to look after. Yeah a three <laughs> children and a husband. rather than look after. He should also be looking after her. Yeah. Vice versa. But. Yeah busy life yeah I'm sure stress management tips wouldn't go amiss yeah probably different kinds of stress in some ways yeah to the, to the yeah every day yeah <laughs> the ones that you and I experience um and I don't know she's got a sort of gingham like um gingham always just reminds me of our school uniforms in the summer oh yeah those school. little summer dresses yeah the summer dresses yeah. that the girls have with all those sort of the checkered um little checks so that that's the that's the sign of summer yeah is when you're doing you know you're walking around wherever you live and the kids going to school are in the little gingham dresses rather than uh, winter. Yeah. All of that. Woolly tights, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woolly tights, oh God. (laughs) Back in the school days. And then... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then yesterday, bit of rugby. And we yeah. love it when Kate gets sporty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's at um, Maidenhead Rugby Club. Again, part of the Shaping Us campaign. I think she was. it was mainly focused on fathers this time and how, you know, the roles that they can play in their the early childhood in early childhood for their for their children and yeah she joined in with a walk and rugby drill I never heard of walk and rugby before I don't know if that's a thing oh it's interesting like rugby is a game that um there's lots of different ways that people try to make it easier to get involved with on a slightly casual basis because you know full-on professional rugby there's a lot of like crash bang wallop yeah that's a bit scary yeah and so you know it's it's quite technical there's bits that you're only allowed to do if you're particularly trained in that skill because it's dangerous if you don't know how to do it otherwise I mean it's dangerous anyway to a certain extent it's, it's risky um but yeah there's a lot of high contact um and it's done without any of that padding that they have in uh American football oh yeah yeah I never thought of that yeah that's true <laughs> so it's, it's quite it's quite full-on but then you have things like um tag rugby where it's basically like I think of it as like playing Tig or It or whatever, whatever that catch a person and tap them game was called when yeah. you were in the playground. Um, so yeah, there's the like there's, that's how a lot of people kind of start off is tag rugby or no tackling or yeah, the different kind of grades before you go to the full contact. Yeah, crash bang wallop, but uh, but yeah, walking rugby. I haven't heard of that one before. I think it's basically kind of like tag rugby, but you can't run. You're just allowed to walk. 
which Kate found quite difficult because we know how competitive she is. So she was trying to run and apparently she was told, walking on me. <laughs> <laughs> how do you tell off? Yeah. Tell off the princess of Wales. Yeah. I love the fact that some of the pictures that came out, you know, she had like that sort of really peppy, uh, peppy ponytail. Great makeup as ever, but thoroughly into it. I mean, I, th- I was thinking like in a parallel universe, there is a Kate Middleton PE teacher somewhere. You know, she loves kids. She loves sport. Like, don't, if you don't end up going to St Andrews and meeting Prince William and becoming the future queen, I mean, PE teacher, I think it would suit her quite well. No, I, I definitely do. Definitely think it would suit her quite well. It's not just rugby that she's uh, she's looks to excel in. It's been other sports, so yeah, why not? Pass on her skills to others, yeah. Those pictures of her jumping around to catch the ball, it just made me think of like, she looked quite netball and quite tennis, I thought, just the way she yeah. was moving. It's interesting, like people who have played a lot of a particular sport, it really affects how they play other sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that she's definitely had tennis, tennis maybe lessons. Well, we know that the friends with Roger Federer, if she hasn't had, if she hadn't asked Roger Federer for a te- tennis lesson, she definitely should. She's doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that's um, that was a great event um, yesterday, and um, there was a really nice thing as well uh, that came out about well, a good thing coming from a bad thing, I guess. Yeah. So there was quite an emotional moment at um, Maidenhead Rugby Club. She met um, a mum called Sarah Renton, whose teenage daughter Izzy uh, took her own life at the age of 17. So really, really sad story. Um, but Sarah gave Kate some earrings that had been made in Izzy's memory and uh, Kate hooked her and she's promised to wear them. So, yeah, it was a really, really special moment. Yeah, a Lovely moment there. And also keeping in touch with um, previous visits that they've been on. Uh, so there was a, a food bank that had some bad news and that's now getting helped out by William and Kate. Yeah, so this is St. Thomas's Church Food Bank in Swansea. So if you remember last year, it was when William and Kate did their first visit to Wales after getting their new titles, Prince and Princess of Wales. They went to this church and visited the food bank. And um, yeah, there was a horrible story about how the food in the food bank was stolen by some heartless thieves. And it has emerged that William and Kate have um, pledged to help them and um, replace the food that has been taken. So yeah, quite nice. Nice way to help. Yeah. Um, Charles has been away for some for some Charles time. Yeah, <laughs> in Romania, but he um, he did send an, an official message after the awful, awful train crash um, in India, um, saying both my wife and I have been most profoundly shocked and saddened by the news of such a dreadful accident outside Balasore. I would like to express our deepest possible condolences to the families of all those who have so tragically lost their lives. I do hope you know what a special place India and the people of India have in our hearts. I have particularly fond memories of visiting Odisha in 1980 and meeting some of its people on that occasion. I pray, therefore, that you may be able to convey our most heartfelt prayers and sympathy to all those who have been affected by this appalling tragedy, together with our special thoughts for the people of Odisha. And I think things that struck me about that is that it does feel very... It feels very heartfelt and human. It doesn't feel just like this is an official message that I need to do. And um, also... You know, we talk about the Queen having, you know, she'd been to everywhere, essentially, in her long reign. So when something happened anywhere, she pretty much did have that personal connection to it. But actually, because Charles has served such a long apprenticeship, he's got that connection as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, over his time of being Prince of Wales and now King, he's visited an awful lot of places. And I'm sure a lot of those places are, you know, 
have special place in his heart and yeah as he's mentioned in that message he remembers that visit there fondly and that's why he just wants to you know let the people there know that his thought that his thoughts and prayers are with them so it's been a packed week this week yeah. i mean i'm sure there's plenty more to come coming up is there anything that we know about off the top of our heads um i can't think in the next week but obviously now we're into june it's you know going to ramp up we've got troop in the color in a few weeks which will be really good um got a day royal ascot so yeah it's all it's all going to be happening in the next few weeks and then Wimbledon after that. Wimbledon after that, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Lots and lots and lots to look forward to. Jen, lovely to have you with us again. And I'm sure we'll be able to talk about more of those bits and pieces again in the future. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Um, do check us out on Instagram at Podsave. And we're on Twitter at Podsave as well. Occasionally a bit erratic with the posting, but we do enjoy uh, posting on there when we can and really, really love to see your comments and make a point of I am checking the direct messages and things, even if I'm a bit quieter on the posting front. So do keep sending those. We always love to hear them. And until next time. Pod save the king.